the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the dagger? Great night to be a Mountaineer, wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 3rd, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Parker Stone. Luke Wiggs is out for the day because it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Luke. But what's going on, Parker? Oh, not too much. Just enjoying a Friday and a little cold Friday, too. Uh, Just getting out there. I think I saw a little bit of flurries going on, too, but... You know, it's Friday. That's that's the silver lining of all this. It's Friday, and yeah, I'm excited. A lot of fun things going on this weekend. It's Pro Bowl this weekend. NBA All-Star Reserves got announced, and we had tribe basketball as well last night. Well, how'd that tribe basketball go? Sadly, the tribe suffered their third straight loss at home. They lost to Kaiser and in section rival 65-44. to The main storyline in this game was just really the zone defense of Kaiser was giving Berkeley Springs fits. And I think there's really an issue now of who's going to be a primary ball handler for this team. Outside of Ross, the offense really didn't get going. Ross fouled out with about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Gavin Young also fouled out. He ended up getting eight points. Ross led the Tribe with 17. And just the inability to really stop the momentum. They brought it to within seven points of Kaiser. And then they go and they give up a huge, another huge run. They end up losing by 21. This is three straight 20-plus point losses for Berkeley Springs. It's a time where we're going to have to start asking questions. It's what's going on. The ship needs to be righted. They're sitting at 7-9 and nine now. It's a really bad sectional loss. And now you got Frankfurt on the road Saturday, and then you got a rematch against Hampshire. If you drop that rematch against Hampshire, you're almost certainly going to have to go on the road in the first round of the sectional. And now some doubt comes in of can you beat a team or are you just going to go one and done in sectional playing that in your season? Well, what do you think the uh, solution is? Well, there's a lot of things that need to be figured out. Number one being who is going to be that primary ball handler. And number two, I think just the rebounding. Rebounding was a humongous issue for this team last night. Kaiser kept getting second, third chance opportunities. And they just couldn't crash the boards. And I've seen Coach Brenniger bring out smaller lineups, bigger lineups. I'm, I don't know what the issue is. I talked with him after the Fort Hill game. I asked him, I said, you ran Parker Glazer as instead of a guy like Dakota Hamrick or Cole Ausler, why was that? And he's just talking about, well, some guys who worked hard in practice get playing, deserve some playing time. He mentioned that the bigs, they, they beat them up in practice is what Coach Berninger said. He, he said they go hard, they're beating the guys up, and then just in-game it just isn't translating for some reason. So, I mean, Hamrick had six points. He had some good plays here and there. Cole Ausler didn't play in this game. He I don't know if he re-aggravated his knee injury or what's going on in that sense, but – it's uh, Rebounding is a humongous issue for this team. Shiki as well is mainly their top interior scoring presence right now. He had eight points as well. And really, 
outside of Tymir, who's by far and away their best score, you've got Gavin who scores a little bit, and you've got Jake Sheik who scores a little bit. Other than that, I don't really think there's an option for this team. And we saw what happens if these guys get into foul trouble. Ross fouls out and Young fouls out. And at that point, it was just it's just maybe Jake Sheiky on an occasion. Mm-hmm. It's it's troublesome. It's troublesome right now. This is not a good stretch of games for Berkeley Springs. Now I'm I'm a little worried about their morale right now, honestly. It's those are three straight twenty plus point losses. That's demoralizing for a team. And yeah, at this point in the season too. Yeah. They're getting really close to the end of the season. They gotta find a way to right the ship. Frankfurt's a good chance to do it. They demolished Frankfurt the first time they played them, so I'm hoping they're able to do that again to the Falcons and kind of get momentum back because they're going to need it going against Hampshire. And really getting swept by Kaiser this season means they're going to have to win against Hampshire if they want any chance to even host that first-round matchup in the sectional. And even if they win that game, they're probably going to need some help too because Hampshire ended up beating Kaiser in their first matchup. They rematch later in the season, so... It's there's a lot of things to wonder about for Berkeley Springs basketball. I think it's just they got to figure things out right now, and I I don't know if where the answers are going to come from, who's got the answers, but something's got to get figured out over that way. Well, you said they have that uh, kind of well, what could be and should be a bounce back game against Frankfurt. That's Saturday tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be Saturday. Well, there you go. And we'll have that on XDC. No, we won't have the Frankfurt game. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll, well, be, we'll be back with the uh, Hampshire game coming this Wednesday. Oh, it's at Frankfurt. Yeah, it's over Got at it. Frankfurt. Well, hopefully the Tribe can get that bounce back win because uh, well, they certainly seem to need it. And uh, they it sounds like, from what you've said, they kind of have the same troubles that Shepard, uh, the men's team, has from time to time. They don't have too much size. I mean, they have size when it's out there, but they get into foul trouble fairly regularly. And once they do that, then all size is gone. And then you got to have a small lineup, and then that you know just ultimately doesn't ever seem to work out. Yeah, I think so, too. And I mentioned that late in our broadcast in our post game last night that – You've seen a lot of similarities. If you followed both Berkeley Springs and Shepard this season, you see a lot of similarities in these two teams. It's a team that's on the cusp, but they got the pieces. You see there's potential there, but they just when you think they got it, they come up just a little bit short, and you you scratch your head and you ask, why, why did they lose this game? But it's a situation where I guess just the fundamental things, too many turnovers right now for this team. They're, it's very, they're very sloppy with the ball. they got to find a way to corral that and stop those plays from happening and again just allowing way too many offensive rebounds mm-hmm. they got they have to box out better they have to it's just there was third fourth even fifth chance opportunities last night for kaiser and that's unacceptable they have better size i think and they have the better ability i think than kaiser they're they're, they're a team that can beat kaiser i really think so if they show up on their best day it's just I just I don't know if their confidence has been just struck down after two really bad losses against Hedgesville and Fort Hill. I don't know if it's a confidence issue. I don't know if it's I don't know. I'm not going to say the players have checked out or anything, but it's I'm I'm just not too sure what the real issue is right now because this is a great team. There's a lot of great players on this team that play the roles really well. And Coach Brenniger is a fantastic coach. We just saw it last year. He took a team all the way to the regional final. It's really make or break time in this season and I said this three game stretch for Berkeley Springs is going to define their season well they dropped the first one by 20 plus points now you really need a big win against Frankfurt and I think this is a must win game against Hampshire coming up on this one they have to get that one well you think this team's got a playoff run in them think they got a Charleston run in <sighs> a Charleston run probably not Charleston but maybe I, a little I don't little think I don't think a Charleston run right now granted I think they played North Marion to overtime in December which that that's another thing I want to talk about too. I'm not just sure what happened between December. Yeah, it seemed like a completely different team. Absolutely. It like from the end of January to now, 
it's just I don't know what happened. They took North Marion, the team that bounced them out of the region last year. They took that team to overtime, and they come just short in that one. Now they're getting blown out by 20 points against Kaiser, losing by 35-plus against Hedgesville, which, granted, Hedgesville's one of the best teams in the mm-hmm. state. I'm not going to discount that game at all. And then Fort Hill, who's a really good team out of Maryland, you lose that one by another 30, 40-plus point score. It's It seems like it's night and day. It really does. And I'm not too sure what happened with the team right now. I'm not sure what really is going on. You think maybe if you have Alzer and Gerson both 100% healthy, maybe things change a little bit. I'm not too sure what Gerson's status for the rest of the season is. I've heard maybe done for the year. I've heard maybe comes back in playoff time if they have a little bit of a run in them. So I'll when I get more word on that, I'll get that to you guys. But uh, just it, it's just it's frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating because I I, I watch this team and I notice these pieces and there's potential there from this team. They they have a great bench. They're deep, but they haven't gone to the bench a lot recently. Mm-hmm. They there hasn't been much scoring production from the bench. So. I don't know what the problem is with Berkeley Springs basketball right now. Now you're sitting two games below 500. You've lost three straight games. They got to find a way to bring it back. They really do. And Frankfurt, I think, is a good chance to do it. Well, of course, 92.9 to PXDC is your home for Berkeley Springs football and basketball. So uh, keep your eye out over there or ear out, I guess, for upcoming games. But Frankfurt on Saturday for uh, the Tribe. And that should be a, a win and a big uh, moral win or morale win, uh, if you will. For the tribe, but uh, we got an interview with you, Luke and Ray Adamas, uh coming up here in just a few minutes after our first break. So I want to get into some Shepherd basketball talk here uh, directly because there's a ton of NFL and pro sports we got to talk about too after the bottom of the hour. But we have Shepherd basketball right here on WPM and WCST tomorrow. Uh, tip off three o'clock for the men's game. It's on the road at Lockhaven now. Shepard coming off a tough two-point loss to Millersville just a few days ago. Uh, well, three, two days ago on the first of the month, fifty-nine to fifty-seven. It's kind of on the back end. This, I, I would say, this is the end of this really rough stretch of games and travel games that uh, the Rams have had here the last what two weeks or so, going all the way on the road to Lockhaven. But all things considered. I mean, not the worst out of these last couple of games. I mean, you beat East Strasburg to really kind of start things. Uh, number 14 at the time, East Strasburg. Then you got Mansfield on the road. You get a win. Uh, another tough win. Maybe shouldn't have been as tough, but you're traveling like 13 hours to get to Mansfield. So, uh, good win there. Then a really tough last-second loss at Westchester. Really tough two-point loss at Shippensburg. You get a bounce-back win at Kutztown, or at the, uh, against Kutztown at home, but then another tough loss on the road, two points, 59-57 to Millersville on the first. So coming up against Lock Haven, they're a really good team, 14-6. and six. Uh, They're coming off a win, a 108-70 to 70 win uh, at Bloomsburg. So what do you think, Parker? Do you think uh, the Rams got a, uh, a big win in them here because they need one in a big way? Well, if we look earlier in the season, this would be the return matchup from January 4th where Lockhaven ended up besting the Rams in the Butcher Center, 74-77 to in an overtime victory. It, I mean, once again, it proves the situation. The Rams might be the last seed getting into the PSAC tournament if the season ended today, but they can hang with every single team in this conference, and they've proved that this season. They beat East Strasburg when they were a top-15 team in the nation. You argue they should have beaten Westchester. They should have beaten Shippensburg on the road as well. And it's just a couple bounces of the ball, and they beat Millersville at home, and they sweep the Marauders this season. It's going to have to take big games. If we look at that score from the overtime loss that Shepard had against Lockhaven, DMC scored 23, Preston scored 21. I think you're going to have to have that same sort of production once again. You're going to have to have two guys in 20-plus digits to have that victory chance. 41 rebounds pulled down for the Rams in that game, too. That's an astounding number yeah. to get 
it's it's something they got to really corral and focus to do because they they out rebounded Lock Haven forty one to thirty two, and that if you get that rebound margin, any other chance you get, it's it that really results into a win. If they get that rebounding going and they box out Lock Haven, not give them the chance, I think they got a good chance to pull this one off. Really, and then the two guys you got to key in on are Eli Washington and Damir Montague. Those two guys are really good scorers. Washington's put 24 up on them last time. Montague had 16. And really the three-point ball. Again, they were 10 of 25 from the three-point line. Shepard was 9 of 33. So they got to shoot the three-ball better to the Rams, and they got to limit the three-point opportunities for Lockhaven. And if they get a win here on the road against the Bald Eagles, that's a big-time win, mm-hmm. too. Again, they played this team tight in the regular season in that first matchup at the Butcher Center. If they get that, this is kind of putting a bow on this. You know, you know how the Spurs have their uh, rodeo road trip. Yeah, it's what they, it, this is what it feels like. It this does, man. This, this feels like brutal. the Rams rodeo road trip. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like you mentioned before, East Strasburg, a top fifteen team in the nation. Then you're going almost four or five you're hours up Canada, there. You're, you're going pretty much to Canada all the way up to Mansfield. <laughs> At Westchester, up in the field house up there, it's a tough place to play. They, the Rams have been pretty comfortable playing against Westchester the past few years. At Shippensburg, that's a regional rivalry. That's a tough place to play as well, and they barely come out with that one. Shippensburg is the number one team in the PSAC East right now. Cutstown, it's always going to be a tough game. It just cuts down another rivalry game. They, they handle business there, and then you argue they should have had Millersville on the sweep this season if a couple bounces go their way. So it's a couple ticks right here. We're looking at the Rams as maybe the number two or number three team in the PSAC East right now. Dude, if they win three of these uh, two one one to two point losses, they win three of those games this season. They're probably what first, second in the uh, conference. Well, sec- probably first in the division, second in the conference, more than likely behind uh, IUP because they're just playing outrageous basketball. Twenty one zero. Thank goodness we're not playing them in the regular season. We'll wait till the playoffs for that. Uh, but they'd probably be a top twenty five team. I think so. If you get a couple bounces, let's just say, for example, if let's just take one of those losses. I, I think they got wet. That Westchester, Westchester should have been, been a win. Huge. That Westchester should have been a win. So if we say that one there, we'll we'll keep the Shippensburg loss in there just for just for playing yeah. sake. And let's just say they beat Millersville. If they split that road trip and they only get that loss against Shippensburg, yeah, we're talking to tw- we're talking a top twenty five team right Dude, now, probably. Especially with that uh East Strasburg win to start it all off. Yeah, that was that's a huge win. That's one you look at and if the Rams make a deep turning run, I know a lot of people in the selection committee are gonna look at that East Strasburg win when they were number fifteen and say, oh, Okay, that's a that's a big time like on paper win for Shepard. I think really right now the, it, like a winning at the road against Lock Haven is going to have to be something they're probably going to have to get if they want any chance of making the NCAA tournament. Mm. And then later on in the season, they got matchups to really solidify their case. Westchester comes back to the Butcher Center on the 15th of this month. Then you got to go at East Strasburg. If you can find a way to sweep the Warriors, yeah. my goodness, that would be an absolute case builder. Shippensburg in the return matchup on the 22nd of this month, and then the regular season finale at Kutztown. It's it's a big stretch here that really is going to be, again, make or break. I talked it with Berkeley Springs. This is a make or break stretch for the Rams, mm-hmm. I think. If they have the opportunity to get a few of these games out, make a statement win, go get Westchester back. They split in the regular season last year, so this is a good chance to do that once again this season. Shippensburg, I'd like to see get them get back because I, it's struggling again. And I said again, I said this with Berkeley Springs. There's pieces on this team. You look at him, you're like DMC's scoring like crazy. He's, he's, he's like eighth best scorer in the conference right now. 
BMC. He's, he's getting he's, like 17 a game. He's playing, yeah, he's playing fantastic basketball right now. Philip Jordan, I think, is the best disher in all of the PSAC yep. right now. He's the top assist guy. And in I the think conference. John Preston's the best kind of do it all guy too. Absolutely, and I, I've made the joke to you guys. I say John John Preston is the most streaky shooter I've ever seen. He's either going for 25 or he's going for five. It's it's one of the two with John, but it's more than that with him. He's a rebounder. He's like Coach Nablex alluded to. He's the leader of this team now as mm-hmm. the only senior on this squad. And there's and there's pieces too. Poffenberger is a fantastic stretch four. Hewley's a great bully big inside. I love the duality between those two. Oh yeah. And I think really extending the bench from seven to eight with Ariel Goddard getting more minutes is well, going to be Stephon key. Marcel is definitely their their six man. Absolutely. But having Ariel Goddard, I think right now is just kind of. Right, like keep going with a good thing while it's going good. You know? I think so too, and I think I think God it really provides a spark off that bench too. He's a great defender, good wing guy, gets great rebounding presence as well. I mean, I, really, when he made his statement game against Kutztown, he pulled like almost ten rebounds in ten yeah. minutes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Those are insane numbers. It's it's a guy you bring off the bench. He's a great rebounder. I think in high school he averaged about twelve and ten a game. So that's a, that's a guy you know out there is a double double machine if he gets the opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of things. I think going eight deep is really going to help this team too. We've mentioned the foul trouble being issues. We've mentioned things like that being a problem. I think going eight deep is going to help solve that. Well, if DMC was able to find because his uh, his mid range shot the last like well this past month january has been unbelievable i mean his mid-range game especially off the bounce has been crazy but he just couldn't quite find that shot at millersville and if he has that they win by six points at least i would say against millersville and then they're riding uh, pretty high into lock haven but uh, lock haven on the radio here on wpm and wcst on the road at lock haven saturday uh, men tip at three but uh, you got to beat mansfield at home on next wednesday and you got to beat bloomsburg at home next saturday I think to have any shot because then Westchester comes to town, like you said, next Wednesday, then on the road at East Strasburg. And then of course a big rivalry game back at home, pretty much to end the season with Shippensburg. So uh, you got to beat Mansfield, got to beat Bloomsburg at home next week, but you got to get through Lockhaven first. And that'll be tomorrow, 3 p.m. tip right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. And we'll step aside and come back and we'll hear, uh, well, from Ray Adamas, who just signed a D1 scholarship. And that's, well, to a pretty good school. I think he's going to have a, uh, well, a pretty good school and now i think about it parker is starting to get a ton of panhandle ties not just ray adamas so we'll step aside and hear that after the break on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network it's panhandle sports live with jordan luke and parker tweet the guys at ep news network Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. And Jordan Nice Warner alongside me is Parker Stone. Again, Luke is out for the day. It is his birthday, so happy birthday, old Luke. And his birthday present will be uh, getting ha- or having to wake up nice and early tomorrow for me and him to go on a nice long road oh, trip yeah. to Lock Haven. So shout out to that. Well, Luke got to sleep in today. He won't be get the joy to sleep in tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, Sorry about it. But, uh, yeah, again. Again, Shepherd basketball will be on the air tomorrow, uh, tomorrow around three o'clock on WPM and WCST. But yesterday, Parker, uh, you and Luke were able to, or, or had the pleasure to, talk with Musman head football coach Brian Thomas and standout Ray Adamas, who is now graduating from Musman High School, but heading to a, a pretty good football program. Yeah, he's going to make his way down to Lexington and become a key dad over at the Virginia Military Institute (VMI). It's going to be an exciting opportunity. We talked in depth with Ray coming up here in just a moment. 
about what his plans are, what he's excited about going to the next level, why he chose VMI over other schools. He held offers from University of Charleston, Concord, just to name a few of the other schools that reached out to Ray. It was an exciting interview, and we talked with Coach Thomas a little bit more about the other Muscleman Appleman that got offered and took spots on rosters, including Bateman Hartman, who's looking like he's going to be playing quarterback over at Division Three Bethany, as well as Alex Skaggs, who is going to be a standout probably on defense for the Glenville State Pioneers. Muscleman head football coach Brian Thomas, and of course the man himself, Ray Adamas, committing to play his football at VMI. Ray, first of all, congratulations, and uh, why down in Virginia? They was giving me the best like opportunity to like play. The coach said he'll uh, I'll see the field early, so I was like, I-, I can't give up a good opportunity with D1 and a full ride. So, so that made it an easy choice. I mean, VMI got involved. I mean, the recruiting process, and that just kind of seemed like the 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 clear favorite choice of yours. Yes, sir. Have you uh, gotten down to visit there yet, the campus? Uh, I went, I think, last week. It was a two-day visit. And, uh, of course, the, the Muscleman VMI correction, uh, connection, I should say, uh, runs back a couple more years. Uh, I know Jake Stevens was down there for a long time, uh, a part of the Muscleman basketball program. Have you gotten the chance to uh, maybe talk to Jake at all about uh, what to expect down there at VMI? Uh, no, sir. Uh, well, well, coach, to you then. I mean, we we talked about in the the preseason what what Ray was potentially going to be for this team on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, do you feel as though his performance this season, those expectations were met? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, there's, I think you know Ray's Ray's play kind of spoke for itself, really over his entire career, but especially this season. Um, you know, there, there you couldn't watch one of our games without him just kind of standing out. Um, you know, to the to, to every to every viewer and every fan that he was just, you know, pretty much every game he was the best player on the field, um, you know, really on both sides of the ball, really all three faces because of the return game too. But, um, you know, I, I, I kind of knew, you know, through the years I, I've been, I've had the opportunity to coach uh, some division one football players, you know, even had the opportunity to coach uh, Wesco who, who, you know, is in the NFL right now. And, you know, I, I know that, um, from a talent level standpoint, that Ray definitely had the potential to be a Division One football player. And Ray, I wanted to ask you this too. I grew up actually about forty minutes away from VMI in the, in the state of Virginia. So, did they take you through what your first year is going to look like? They call it the uh, rat year over at VMI. Did they go into detail about that a little bit? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! She's going in with the no expectations. Though. Oh man! Well, well, if you, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a warning right here. They'll, uh, the rat year might be a little bit difficult. I've had, I know people that gone to VMI <laughs> a little bit, but I, I feel like you're, you're going to handle it pretty good. I feel like you handle it good. So take me through it, Ray. You are the first ever 1,000 yard receiver in Musselman Appleman history. What's that accomplishment mean to you? Uh, it's great. Coach Thomas made us write some goals down, and that was one of my goals to get. Sure, and, and Ray, in terms of the conversations you've had with the coaching staff there at VMI, are we going to see you stay on the offensive side of the ball? Are you going to play wide receiver, or, or is there some talk about maybe playing you at defensive back? Uh, I think I'm going to stay at uh, wide receiver. Okay, awesome. And, and another thing that uh, really kind of jumped off the page, and this was something that uh, Brian Thomas, Coach Thomas, talked to me about uh, when he introduced me to you um, in, in the preseason was that track speed. Obviously, we, we've talked about all the 100-meter the sprinters that are out here in the panhandle. Uh, some of your other brother, Keyshawn Robinson, I know you guys were a part of kind of a, a notorious race down there in the state track meet. Are you going to run track again in the spring? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, coming back with uh, high expectations, potentially trying to uh, place a little bit higher than you did last year? Yes, sir. 
<laughs> and I, I wanted to ask you about your teammates as well. And coach, I'll go to you in a second because there's a couple other Applemen that we need to talk about that are going to be playing in a collegiate ranks. But Ray, uh, you play with a college quarterback in, in Baden Hartman. You've got other players, talented guys around you uh, that are also probably going to be playing in college in years to come. Is that a little bit of an advantage that you think? You know, you've got a really talented quarterback throwing you the ball uh, in Baden, kind of giving you a jump start on what college football is going to be like. Uh, yes, sir. Me and Bateman been throwing balls since freshman year, so we already had like we already knew what we was going into. So, have they talked a little bit about who you might be expecting to play at quarterback next year at VMI? Because, of course, one of our biggest stories we broke over the past couple of days, their current quarterback this past year, Seth Morgan, actually is making his way over to Shepard. Is there any idea of who might be your quarterback coming into your next year at VMI? Uh, yes, but I've never met him, but I know like the number he. Uh, wears and I watched like his film with the uh, offensive coordinator and the receiver coach. Uh, well, coach, obviously, then a, a new quarterback there for the Keydets down in Virginia. It's going to be a new quarterback for you guys next season uh, for the Appleman uh, because you had a couple of other players get uh, poached away, graduate, and uh, signed to play college football. Yeah, um, you know we raised uh, obviously you know we've been talking to Ray and Ray's going to VMI. Um, you know, Baden Hartman will be going to to Bethany. And Alex Skaggs will be going to Glenville. And, you know, those, those three guys, uh, you know, they all have the potential to play at the next level. And, you know, they were kind of – those three put together are really kind of the leaders, the senior leaders on our team and really kind of the, the pulse and the heartbeat of our team this past season. Well, do you think, as, as far as Hartman is concerned, I know Skaggs played predominantly on the defensive side of the ball, so that's probably what he's going to do at Glenville. But uh, is Hartman going to get a shot to be a, a quarterback at Bethany or is he also going to transition to the defense? Uh, yes, he, uh, they, they told him they wanted him to, uh, wanted to play quarterback. So, you know, he's, he's excited about that. They told him they had him uh, rated really high on their board. So, uh, you know, he's going down there with a lot of excitement getting to play on the offensive end. Uh, well, Ray, my last question for you then is I've gotten to see you play a couple of times, and Musselman games certainly never seem to disappoint uh, when we got you on our airwaves. Uh, some fantastic matchups, you know, Wheeling Park, the Morgantown game. You're a receiver that's got a lot of speed, a lot of length, you're over six feet tall. Uh, is, is there a, what's the word I'm looking for, an NFL comp, I guess, or a, a player, a wide receiver in the league that uh, you like to liken yourself to? Because you've got a pretty unique combination of size and speed. Uh, I think... Diggs. All right, I'm, I could see the I Stephon like Diggs there. there. I like go. that. All right, and Coach, before we let you go as well, I know we're a long way away from next season starting, but I'm sure the wheels are already turning in your head. Uh, what do you have expectation-wise for the Appleman next year? Yeah, you know, uh, we've started all-season workouts. Um, you know, we, we kind of started up in January, so we're kind of starting, you know, to kind of work towards next season a little bit. Um, you know, we, it, you're not going to replace – a kid like Ray, uh, you know, Ray, Ray's one of the fastest kids in the entire state. You know, you're not really going to replace a Baden either with the things that he did. So, um, you know, it's tough to replace those guys. But at the same time, you know, th those two guys made a lot of headlines for us. But, um, you know, we, we really didn't play that many uh, seniors. We had a lot of kids coming back. And obviously, Obviously, you know, people look at it and say, hey, you lose, um, you know, you lose those two guys and they are huge pieces. But uh, we have a lot of guys coming back on next year's team. So uh, really excited about, you know, the opportunity next year and the kids that we have coming back next year and, uh, you know, hopefully continuing to build um, and having success as a program. 
That was Coach Brian Thomas and Ray Adamas catching up with uh, Parker Stone and Luke Wiggs yesterday. Uh, talking about, well, mainly Ray Adamas going to VMI. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like sometimes people see that VMI, you know, school and they forget that it's a military school. And you said that you asked Ray uh, about his, what's it called, Roach Week? Your, uh, rat, it, rat your first week? year is your rat. That's what it, they call you. Because I know, like, the Naval Academy, you got Plebe Summer, which is the same thing, kind of yeah. orientation, even though it's boot camp, really. Pretty much, yeah. So uh, I feel like sometimes uh, these kids might forget might forget that they got to do that. And then, of course, it gets back to kind of normal life. But mm-hmm. I think it's a good fit for Ray. I think he'll do well there. I'm excited to see what Ray can do at VMI. It'll be exciting. And if I if I find a weekend where I'm, I'm not out and I can get around home a little bit, and I mean, Lexington, Lexington's just about a 35, 40-minute drive. Oh, really? The road. Yeah, it's not too far away. It's, it's the next county over oh. from where Allegheny County's at. So I, I'd like to go up there and check out a VMI game and watch Ray play if all possible. That'd be fun to see. But... I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see what he can do at the Division One level. Of course, we can't discount Baden Hartman and Alex Gaggs, both those guys picking up an offer from Bethany and an offer from Glenville State and taking those respectively. And I really was interested to see Coach Thompson's answer. Luke asked him what the new look mm-hmm. for Musselman's going to be because I think that's going to be a big question in this summer as we get into the offseason programs for a lot of these EPAC teams. Musselman is losing their starting quarterback and they're losing the best receiver in program history what's this new look Musselman Appleman team going to look like? And I'm sure that's a lot. what a lot of people think, especially when you got a team like Hedgesville, it's on the rise. They made their first playoff appearance in a number of years. Spring Mills, I know a lot of people is having high expectations for them with Coach Sims and Max Anderson back at quarterback for them. you got a team in Martinsburg, which is, well, the perennial powerhouse. Jefferson has a lot of pieces coming back, and there's rumors swirling. They might have a big pickup from a fellow EPAC school coming their way as well. Mm. Plus... There's there's more out there too. There's more out there. Washington with new look with Coach Ray coming out that way. You don't know what to expect from the Patriots. There's it, a lot of moving pieces right now in that EPAC conference. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what Brian Thomas's response is going to be with his Appleman squad. After you could say that may be one of the most successful seasons in program history. They were ranked number one in AAA at one point in the season. They beat Wheeling Park in the opening round on a team a lot of people probably pegged in the preseason to go to the Super Six. But they got, and it was a great season for the Appleman, and now I'm really interested to see what their response is going to be next season. Well, we'll step aside briefly here. A few minutes, we'll come back, and we got a lot of pro sports to cover. We've got to talk about the NBA All-Star Reserves. We've got to talk about the NFL Pro Bowl games or whatever they were called. I didn't watch any of it because it just seemed, seemed kind of whack to me, to be honest. Uh, except for the dodgeball looked like it was kind of interesting. But talk about that. And also, Tyson Bajan all over the NFL Network and at ESPN2 and the Senior Bowl. That's all happening tomorrow as well. So we'll... Cover all of that after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinburg. Jordan Nice Warner alongside me, Parker Stone. Luke's out for his birthday today. So, again, happy birthday, Luke. But let's get uh, into the pro sports here briefly. Let's go talk about the NBA uh, All-Star Reserves, of course. Well, first, Knicks won last night. Shout out the Knicks. Finally uh, closed out a game against the Heat. But your, well, official All-Star Rosters. Well, we're all lost it here. Okay, uh, Western Conference. Paul George, uh, Jaron Jackson, Dame Lillard, uh, Lori 
Markkinen, Markkinen, yeah, uh, John Moran and Demontis Sabonis. I, I don't, I can't pronounce any of these Sabonis names. For that thank one. you in the NBA anymore. Some of these Eastern European names, they're, they're a little wild. Them. Yeah, can't do them. Uh, but in the East, you got Julius Randle making it in there. Drew Holiday, Tyrese Halliburton, Joel Embiid, Demar Derozan, Jalen Brown, and Bam Adebayo. I got the Eastern Conference down. You can there tell. You, go. you can tell which conference he my wa- he uh, watches one of the conferences. <laughs> you can tell which one. <laughs> you can tell which one I follow. But a lot of controversy coming through uh, with the, this these All Star Reserve picks. Jalen Brunson. Uh, not making it. Mm-hmm. People are wondering about that. Uh, a lot of different controversies. Yeah, definitely. So you're looking at Western Conference lineup. You obviously say John Morant. He's one of the John Morant and Shea Gilgis Alexander are two of the top rising young stars in the game of basketball right now. Sabonis and Markinen have had really great seasons. Those bigs deserve to get it in. And then you look at Lillard, Jackson, and George. Those guys there. That maybe the only guy you could think of maybe replacing would be Paul George in that lineup. A guy. They, a lot of people have said Anthony Edwards from Minnesota. Is a mm-hmm. guy that got snubbed out of there. De'Aaron Fox from Sacramento is another guy as well for the Western Conference that maybe should have gotten in, maybe over a guy Paul George, but George does have the name value, and he's in the bigger market in Los Angeles. If it was me, I would have replaced Paul George with Anthony Edwards. I think he's been having a fantastic season for the Timberwolves. He's still a really young guy, too. It'd be cool to see him. For the Eastern Conference, I'm really happy Tyrese Halliburton got in. That's a guy I really like his game. He's going to be a real centerpiece for that franchise in Indiana, Indiana as they continue to grow over that way. Drew Holiday getting in is always good. Joel Embiid, Jalen Brown, those guys were obvious picks to make reserves. Those were the two best guys outside of the starters. Julius Randle getting in, I think, is good as well. He's put together a great case mm-hmm. this season. Kind of iffy on Bam at a bio and DeMar DeRozan, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people were looking at Trey Young, what was left on the All-Star team. Jimmy Butler left off the All-Star team. Pascal Siakam from Toronto. And I think the biggest omission that I think the most people are having the issue with James Harden left, mm-hmm. off, left off the All Star team, so that's See, everybody it. saw that picture of his feet. <laughs> gosh. They, don't want, they don't want that in the All Star locker room. Oh gosh, oh gosh. <laughs> but I think these are good teams, nonetheless, and uh, yeah, I think definitely. it'll be a good. They're going to be a uh, another good All Star weekend. Uh, NBA All Star weekend is always uh, pretty funny, if you ask me. I think that the NBA and the NHL uh, and the MLB, really NFL All Star weekend. I just think it's, it just is, it's always well, not yeah. even All Star weekend. They don't have it. The Pro Bowl weekend. Um, I think it's always been pretty boring, but Derek Carr, after the uh, player skills competition during the NFL Pro Bowl games yesterday, uh, he definitely made it interesting with this comment. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> so Derek Carr kind of con- confirms the rumors that he's going to be out of uh, Las Vegas after having a good skills competition. And Luke's been trying to sell me on him going to Baltimore to kind of fill in or take over for Lamar Jackson if that ends up being the thing. And, you know, after watching that, and Derek Carr's a good quarterback, maybe maybe it wouldn't be so bad to have him in Baltimore, but still uh, showing a pretty good sense of humor about things. Yeah, definitely so. It's good to see Carr's just playing around with it at this mm-hmm. point. I know that that whole situation's hard for him because he's been with that Raiders. He's been their franchise quarterback since, I believe, 2014. Yeah, forever. 2015. It's, he's getting close to a decade at this point. It's it's hard when new ownership comes in, a new head coach comes in, and they just they don't buy into you. And they've pretty much said, okay, you're, we're casting you out. It's interesting Carr did not extend the – contract trigger date of his contract so the way his contract works he's gonna get like a his payment will kick in and it'll be like a 35 million dollar type of thing so right now i think we're looking at a situation i think a cut of Derek carr is probably going to be more realistic than a trade of Derek carr because just with everything going on this with the raiders getting close to that deadline they don't want to pay Carr that money so they're mm-hmm. probably going to cut him before they get a chance i think if they cut him they only have to they're only due i think six million dollars 
if they cut him is what they'd have to pay him at the end. But if he gets in, it's going to be like almost a $30 million difference. So I think a cut of Derek Carr may be more likely than a trade of Derek Carr at this point. And a lot of places I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at a lot of teams in the NFC South because being honest, since Brady's retired, that division is wide open. Oh, yeah. And if you can if you can get Derek Carr on your team, which, I mean, if you want to rag on Derek Carr, be my guest, but I still think he's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. He's never right really now. had a good team around him either. I mean, you could argue that, absolutely. There's a case. His best offense is back when he had Amari Cooper. Right. That was almost a decade ago now right. at this point. It's it's hard for him to – I mean, if let's just say, for example, just for playing around here, let's say if the Bucs go out and get Derek Carr. I think they're still a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I think they are. If they get the right coaching in place, they got great weapons, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. If they rework the running back room a little bit, you got maybe – you got a couple quality tight ends in Cameron Brait. And if you piece that together, it could be a case. You could look, for example, another team. You can go to the New Orleans Saints, for example. They bring Derek Carr in. You got Chris Olave, who if he he I think he was robbed of being in contention for offensive rookie of the year. Chris Olave had a fantastic rookie year. New Orleans now is a first round pick from the Sean Payton trade. And they still have good defensive pieces. Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, but that defense is continuing to age a little bit. And then another team, Carolina. They have a top ten pick in the draft. If they don't want to use that on a quarterback, which as if things would stand right now, it's probably going to be Anthony Richardson from Florida. You could go get Derek Carr, sign him to a deal, and then use your top 10 pick on a defensive player. Well, we'll step aside one final time. We'll come back. We'll get Parker's picks. And then we got to talk about the Senior Bowl, Joey Fisher being the darling of uh, NFL prospect Twitter and all the likes. So we'll do that after the break and wrap things up on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen Debat. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchendebat.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Proving it's never fails. Never failed once. Well, I trusted LeBron James to go for a big scoring outing against the Pacers. He was just short, just a few buckets away from that 30-point mark we needed last night for yesterday's lock. He scores 26 as the Lakers barely beat the Indiana Pacers by one. Scary Terry was barely able to hit his over yesterday. He hit 23. He needed he needed 23 to hit his over. It was set at 22 and a half. But Nikola Jokic sadly suffered from blowout-itis is what I like to call it for the NBA. You know, whenever teams get into a blowout, they'll just bench their starters and everything and play the backups. That's what happened here. They ended up beating the Warriors 134-117. to 117. So Jokic only ended up with 22 points. He needed 26 to hit yesterday's over. Going into today's picks, I've got for today's lock, Jalen Brown to make two plus threes against the Suns. Phoenix has been struggling mildly without Devin Booker in the lineup. I think Jalen Brown gets to hit two plus threes tonight, and that is today's lock of the day. I also have DeAndre Aiden going for 19 or more points tonight. I think the big man down low is going to do some damage. He's kind of their number one score de facto until Devin Booker returns to the lineup. I think DeAndre Aiden will hit those 19 points for the Phoenix Suns tonight. As well as I have the Magic and Timberwolves. I don't know why. I love taking unders for Timberwolves games. Under 229 total points tonight between the Orlando Magic and the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
it's going to be a fun matchup. I believe a match. Two of the last three number one overall picks are going to match up in Paolo Banquero, this year's number one overall pick, and two years ago's number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. So that's going to be an exciting matchup between two of the young studs of basketball right now. But I'm going to go with the under on points on this one. Well, uh, while we got a few minutes left here, let's quickly talk about the Senior Bowl. It'll be this weekend. Tyson Bage and Joey Fisher, both Shepard alumni, on their way. Well, they're already down there, and they're making big waves while they've been down there. Of course, Tyson's been all over. He had a fell network. He's been all over ESPN2, and they've been uh, broadcasting their practices and such. And he's, uh, well, I think been the best quarterback down at the Senior Bowl out of the six that were invited this year. Uh, and, of course, Travis Bajit making his appearance on uh, national TV, uh, yet another appearance on national TV yesterday as well. Arm wrestling somebody, but... Um, I think sure. it was uh, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. Yes, he had arm wrestled somebody, but it was great to see that. It's been awesome to see the impact they've been making down. They've all been making down there. Uh, of course, Ezra uh, Bajit is down there working out as well so that only means good things for him to come uh, I think here this coming summer but Joey Fisher has really been the darling of Twitter at least offensive line Twitter or NFL prospect Twitter if you will uh, because he's been well he showed out so well in the NFL PA Bowl practices that he got invited to the senior bowl now unfortunately he's dealing with they call it a box a, a boxer's fracture or puncher's fracture or something in his right hand which is a pretty normal injury for offensive linemen but the reason he got that is because how strong that right hand is. And Parker, there's some uh, videos online also showing that. Yeah, definitely. So a uh, guy who's with the NFL Network, Brian Baldinger, former NFL offensive lineman, played at Duke, was an all-ACC selection over there for the Blue Devils. He's had a pretty good career in the NFL, played for the Cowboys for five years in the 80s, played for the Colts for a few years, and made some stops at the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Pretty One of the most renowned guys, I think, in the – broadcasting industry kind of breaking down stuff and he broke down joey's film on his twitter page you can find it over on i think it's at baldy nfl or something like Mm -hmm. that is what it is so he goes on there he goes to break down joey fisher's film and it's a pretty cool breakdown you can see just how joey moves and this is against iup i believe in the super region one final you can watch this on twitter it's it's a at baldy nfl that's correct Mm -hmm. that's the uh, twitter user for brian baldinger you can look at it over there and you can watch Joey's film, just the way he moves. And the fact that he's had not only a certification from the Pat McAfee show, yeah. but now a former NFL offensive lineman and one of the more reserved analysts in the game right now, I think. I love Brian Baldinger's work. It's a pretty good stamp of approval for Joey Fisher right now. And I, with this love he's getting... I, there might be a chance Joey gets drafted too, along with Tyson Bajan. Well, we were talking uh, while we were off air last. I think he's got a chance to go as a higher draft pick than Tyson and probably possibly make more money than Tyson because you got to you got to remember I mean the quarterbacks are only as good as their offensive linemen and you're mm. spending a lot of money on those offensive linemen because you're spending a lot of money on your quarterback and you want them to stay healthy and if you got somebody that's as good as Joey uh Fisher up on that front line that can really play just about anywhere on both sides of the offensive line I mean that's almost invaluable now Sucks that he's injured right now because that is just another kind of mark that'll go onto his record. But uh, he comes out of this healthy, which I'm sure he will be. I I, I seriously think he could get drafted higher than uh, Bajit and then get a bigger contract out to, uh, to start off with. Now, I think that's definitely a valid case. I mean, offensive linemen, we've seen guys from smaller colleges go high in the draft before just because of the overall talent. I think with offensive line, it's more of a spread out type of situation. For example, we saw Cole Strange from Chattanooga last year. He was an FCS school. He ended up being a first-round pick. No one expected it, 
but it was a guy who a lot of people looked at. And if you heard the uh, Pat McAfee show, if you listened to that clip talking about Joey Fisher, a lot of that New England Patriots staff was at those events. Yep. And who did Cole Strange go to? The New England Patriots. So, I mean, I'm not saying Joey Fisher is going to be a first-round pick or right. anything. Right. Um, that might be a little bit far-fetched. But I'm saying, I mean, you, it wouldn't shock me if you see Joey Fisher maybe round four, mm-hmm. round five. I think that's a realistic spot for him. Maybe a maybe a surprise round three pick and as another option. But he's making his way off draft boards right now, and I think it's a fantastic look for Joey. We've talked his versatility. He can be outside at tackle, inside at guard. He's got the versatility. That might get him the opportunity to get drafted before Tyson would. Well, before we get on out of here, any uh, final thoughts here, Park? Uh, yeah, just uh, Shepherd basketball tomorrow on WPM, WCST. Big game against Lock Haven, and I'm excited to – Check you guys out, and hopefully the Rams get a big win on the road. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be on the road at Lock Haven. A nice long trip up into northern Pennsylvania. And we'll have that right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. We'll have it uh, starting at, well, right in the 2 o'clock hour, later half 2 o'clock hour with a 3 o'clock tip. But for Parker, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Sports Live. Uh, Panhandle Live is next. Have a good one. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.